Do you want us to cut this part so we don't even no. <laughs> just pretend like it never no, I happened? Love, I love a little mystery. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Am I going to get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban, and our guest today is the incredible Leanne Bowen. But before we talk to Leanne, Kate, how the heck are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Man, how am I? Do you ever have that moment where you're like, uh, I don't know, I haven't checked in with myself in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of video games, and I find that when I get really sucked into a game, that's when I stop checking in with myself. Oh, you know, because yeah. like any time that I would have like the downtime to really sit and think, I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna go play Resident Evil Four, which is what I'm playing right now. <laughs> Are you? You're still. Uh, you're still live streaming, right? I. You know what? I haven't been mostly just because I got super busy and like wasn't able to keep a schedule. And then I'm on this gaming podcast and we like play a different game every month. And so we have like assignments to get through. And I don't like starting a game on stream because it usually takes me a few hours to like figure out the controls and the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I get real self-conscious when I'm doing that in front of people. (laughs) (laughs) And we change games so often. I feel like I'm doing that all the time. So I haven't been streaming, but I am finally getting really good at this game. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to stream this one. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. You did it on Twitch, right? Yeah, I'm on Twitch. Uh, My handle is Twitch dot I think it's dot TV yeah yeah twitch.tv backslash Sega Sun S-E-G-A-S-O-N-N I am I've heard I'm fun to watch I believe that I've heard it I don't know it's hard to say about yourself you know Kate I'm gonna be honest I'm probably never gonna watch this because I don't actually like playing video games though I mean it's fine I'm just uh Oh, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode. It's just a, the a knowledge gap of like how to con- use the controllers. I'm like, oh, 100%. percent like, ooh. Yeah. There is like a real barrier to entry, yeah. I think, on video games. Give me them button mashing games all day long. <laughs> I, I have totally beaten people at Soul Calibur and I feel so good. I'm like, yeah, Soul Calibur is my game. I'm like, there's no technique. It is just pure button mash. Yeah. I mean, I love like games that like you don't have to have technique for like I am such a dork I love Minecraft but you know what Dan Harmon also loves Minecraft and it makes me feel way better about it (laughs) (laughs) Nikki how are you doing I'm pretty good yeah doing doing pretty good um it's funny like uh yeah, I have some friends who are like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm dealing with a lot of like trauma right now. Like, I'm okay. Like, I, I, everything's okay, but it's just not okay. And I'm like, right now, I'm like, oh, I'm not experiencing that at the moment. So it's like kind of nice. Um, tonight I went to um the intro session of an of my first acting class. Yes. Uh, luckily, there was no acting involved. It was just sort of like the the getting us set up and getting our like rehearsal schedule for it. But it's good. Leslie Kahn's comedy intensive, and it was like, rec- it was actually initially. Rec- I was trying to figure out who was the first person to recommend it, and it was one of our previous podcast guests, Liz Glazer. And guess who's a TA in my class and in my section? Liz Glazer. No way. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if she recognized me. Like we didn't say the like, hi Liz, hi Nikki, because like, uh, yeah, I was like. I'm sure she sees so many people and is on so many podcasts and stuff. So, um, but it was really cool to be like, oh, Liz is, Liz is my TA. This is great. Oh, uh, that's awesome. She's so great. Yeah. And uh, I remember she talked about it in the podcast about yeah, taking Leslie right. Khan. And I was like, oh, this is great. But it's cool. Um, I was like super nervous beforehand because I wasn't sure what it, what it was going to be. And I was like, oh, wow, I've not felt this way. This sort of nervousness, like like feeling unprepared for this thing and of course there's no like there's no acting involved in it it was literally just like getting you know like setting up our zoom for the class but (laughs) that was like a wild feeling of like oh yes 
this is why acting terrifies me sometimes. Yeah. I get really, really nervous beforehand, but... Let's get into our interview. Leanne Bowen, uh, she's a writer on uh, Ted Lasso and a producer on Ted Lasso and wrote for Dear White People and I Love You America and also um, is my first comedy partner in Los Angeles. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a long time coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be on this. You know, I remember our first iteration of a podcast. That was a lot of fun. Um, Yes, it was. Um, So Leanne, uh, for our listeners, Leanne was uh, the first producer of of this podcast. Um, And uh, I think our lives just got very busy, um, (laughs) obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Various relationships and babies. and (laughs) (laughs) A tiny little baby named. June. <laughs> yes. Should I not share your child's name for the Oh public? no, her uh social social security number is 616. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny? Um I remember for this is a thing that I think about constantly. For Comedy Girl Crush, we recorded a test hour where you just record you were interviewing me for an hour and it was just to run audio. And I divulged like my secret sexual fantasy <laughs> in this hour. And I'm like, this exists. I sure hope that little MacBook you had, that little white, it was like dead and in the yeah. sewer somewhere. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty dead. Um, I also okay, like, great. I, I actually, <laughs> it might be on a Google Drive somewhere because I feel no. like I dumped all of this stuff. But uh, if oh, you'd God. like, I can go through. And try and delete no, that. No, don't even look. Don't even look. Don't even look. <laughs> I just I don't. I, it can't even be. No, that's too dangerous. Oh you were just looking for it. It's too dangerous for me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you want us to cut this part so we don't even no. <laughs> just pretend like it never no, I happened? Love, I love a little mystery. Okay. Oh, yeah. Am I going to get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have any like profesh hackers who listen to the podcast necessarily. Yeah. Who yeah. Can, like find it. Oh, someday. That's the dream, right? No, I, know, I mean, right? no, it's not. <laughs> I have a child to feed. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't remember what you said, even. And maybe hey, that's for the that's best. That's perfect. Yeah. It's for the best. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was telling some friends uh, about this upcoming interview, and they were like, oh, so like 100% of the people Nikki has worked with on this podcast are successful television writers. So that's says the <laughs> for you, right? And I was like, I really Aww. hope so. <laughs> Aww, that's amazing. Amazing. You're amazing, Leanne. Thank you. Like I'm I feel so grateful that like when I moved out to LA, like that you were the first person that I started working with. You could literally do everything on set. And like so when we would shoot things, it was like you knew how to do everything. And it was amazing. Like Yeah, I did a <laughs> I had a video production degree, which is really funny because I went to film school to do documentaries. Like I was like I was a really serious person when it came to like social issues. And then um, at film school, I started writing shorts and they were just funny. And my um, teacher was like, you know, you have like, you have a really funny tone. You should, you know, pursue comedy. And I remember I was getting over this guy I was obsessed with and I, and he was looking in the UCB. I was like, we should take classes together. And um <laughs> And he was like, no. <laughs> then I went on to take the classes. And um, yeah, and I met you, Nikki, and and we hit it off. You know, I was going into this interview, I was thinking of like talking to you and I was, I'm going to get all mushy here. Um, but, you know, I just was your friendship and your working with you was such a revelation because I feel like I was in such a space that like you opened me up <laughs> more than like because you are a very open person and you're so brave and I think that's something that I I was just glommed on to <laughs> and, <laughs> and now it's gonna be <laughs> and, now I and it like, was so fun oh my goodness and now you're working on like what I consider to be like the most open and like emotionally vulnerable show that I've ever seen I think that's really cool like oh so I'm gonna pat myself on the back for thank you you totally you should you were you were my coach lasso oh my you were my pepperoni nippled 
I remember. <laughs> what did you call him? Capricorn. <laughs> Sorry, is this too much? I has. Has your comedy? Your comedy has not changed, right? We're um, still cool. <laughs> oh no, no, totally. Yes. Um, like, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, it's still okay, still queefing all over microphones. <laughs> yes, <laughs> love it. I feel like me, you, and Jessica had this just really lovely like sisterhood, which was yeah. like really great. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Especially, it was really cool to have like in the world of like UCB and like everyone had to be so cool and we were like fuck you guys we're gonna do our own thing and we did and it was great yeah and the the pack as well yes 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 yeah. oh, man <laughs> <laughs> well uh, let's get in let's um let's dive into sort of um like uh just your comedy and and your sensibility uh but we kind of want to start with sure. uh let's start at the beginning like what it yeah. was like growing up you grew up in Los Angeles I grew up in LA I was born in the valley um I did move to Riverside in for high school which was like really different it's kind of like a little more at the time it was more conservative it's kind of like a country version of the OC <laughs> and then I went to school in Santa Cruz for two years did all the drugs I could do or touch or see <laughs> got kicked out twice Holy um, shit. of Santa Cruz yeah out of Santa Cruz <laughs> Your girl got kicked out of the school that doesn't have grades. So <laughs> I got kicked out with no GPA. <laughs> so yes, I got kicked out. Um, I just never went to, I literally never went to class. Never. Mm. Like I took, yeah, I remember my freshman year, I took a few classes that I liked and then uh, sophomore year, I was just like, I'm never going to go to class. I, I ended up sharing an apartment with, like four other people who were just like we're just did a lot of drugs but they graduated I don't know what I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what they did it was probably going to class that I didn't do. <laughs> and then I took a lot of time off because that experience I think I was just like a little shaken and like what am I doing and like I was dealing with a lot of things that come with the fallout of doing a lot of drugs which is like anxiety and seeing a therapist and what am I doing blah 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 and then eventually I made the decision to go to film school because I've always wanted to write and I've always wanted to like create and I thought it was cool so yeah I went to film school and then a guy I really liked started looking into the UCB <laughs> and <laughs> I decided to follow him there but he didn't go and that you and comedy was like a revelation it was like it was like it's funny Tina Fey in her book um called second city like church for her and i would say that like comedy became church i became a new person it just like it changed my life every in every way shape or form so you so were, uh, but i oh, yeah oh no so i was gonna say oh, so go you on. didn't grow up like you weren't interested in comedy or pursuing comedy as like oh i would say i was a. I mean i was i watched so much tv my head should be exploded or the shape of a tv um i was a latchkey kid which meant my mom worked from like as she was gone from like 4 a.m to 7 p.m so i would just come home and watch tv and that's probably why i got kicked out of santa cruz because i had like no <laughs> no ethic related to school but yeah I, I consumed so much tv um to the point where i remember taking a sketch class at ucb i was like oh this is like writing cartoons like i was like oh game is in cartoons is like that's what i know game from and so yeah i my favorite shows were the simpsons and living color martin i love tgif yes. uh, Fri yeah uh fridays i i've i've watched it all i feel like i've seen every tv show known i mean i haven't that's impossible that's crazy i haven't but i watched a lot of tv and so i think subconsciously my brain is like oh if you've studied anything in your life it's this and you don't know it so yeah oh very cool definitely got your yeah. uh ten thousand hours in like oh yeah before the age of five <laughs> before the age of five absolutely oh. and now i will not watch let my child watch tv uh -uh. <laughs> 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 I will not. she can't she could watch it when she's two i just think right now she you know needs to figure out like gravity and like <laughs> you know you'll fall down <laughs> 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 somewhere mm -hmm. 
Huh? Kate, what are you? I don't know you. I feel like I know Nikki. I want to get to know you. What are, <laughs> what's your background? <laughs> Am I allowed to ask? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I may or may not include it, but you know. For sure. Yeah. But just so that we like have like a rapport. Uh, I yeah. am also a pack person. I do sketch. I started, cool. I did UCB. Uh, I like, it took me a while to come around to comedy. I loved comedy. Like you, I was like a TV addict growing up. I, was, I wasn't I was a latchkey kid because my mom was always home, but she was an addict. So she was like, not really home, you know? Yeah. yeah. My little sister is always like, parents of the 80s, when she describes her parents like, <laughs> parents from the 80s. They were so self-involved. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like, we, like, were toted around with them to things that they went to yeah. without yes. any concern about what we were going to do or how we were going to fail oh. in that environment. I know. I felt like <laughs> such a bothersome bur- I was like, my mom, like, it- is she glad she had me? <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were just their accessories uh-huh. for sure yeah. oh god you know oh. what i blame i blame feminists <laughs> i'm for sure gonna get canceled <laughs> um we took it a little too far <laughs> no <clears throat> I mean, sure. look, you could make that argument in some ways. <laughs> I know. I feel like also the combination of maybe like women going back to work and men not picking up the slack at home. Yes. Right? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Oh, my God. Having a kid is like literally everything we do is like you're like mothers aren't ex- supposed to exist in this world because like you can either be a mother on a planet somewhere where that would support motherhood in to its fullest, or you can be here on earth and it, everything is just so hostile towards you. Nothing is catered to like what you need to do to be a mom. Like yeah. time, like we should have an hour off in the middle of the day. Like the work day should be only four hours long. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I can't even sit the top off the top of my head. It's like, we're so isolated and like, it truly takes a village and like, it's so hostile. You know, I, there's this quote again, here we go, borderline going to get canceled. But this author, Toni Morrison, who I love, she's an amazing author, yeah. um, beloved, you know, and she had this quote about like, we need to stop. We need to like, stop shaming teenage girls from getting pregnant, mm-hmm. but then realize that look teens they gonna fuck teen girls are gonna have kids and we as a society should like support that choice if they want to keep it support the choice if they don't and then create a society where like you can have a kid you know the whole world will sort of coalesce around you and then if you later on five years down the line want to pursue your career it's just like everything is like ah everything is like everything about what we did is just so dialed in by unnaturally by someone else and and how it should go down and it as soon as it happens it's like oh nothing about this is set up for me to be successful as a mom (laughs) it's like it's everything is set up to against motherhood in this insane way down to like getting medication because it's tough like postpartum depression and anxiety disorders and so it's just like ah i feel so bad every mom on this planet i'm I'm here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Did having a, did having a baby, like, I know you are already close with your, pretty close with your mom, but like, did did that like, like even more deep in the relationship? (laughs) No, it was the opposite. (laughs) Uh, My mom came to stay with me for four months and she lived with us for four months because of the pandemic. I had the baby June 1st. And so she couldn't like come and go. She literally was here and I devolved into a, like a teenager again. I was like, stop being da, da, da. And we were just like, I was so annoyed with her and I was so irritated. And I was just like, why are you here the whole time? I mean, she helped me a lot, yeah. but it was just like too close for comfort, which probably says more about my relationship with her. Um, <laughs> I love her. She's fantastic. She's a lovely lady. Um, <laughs> she did a lot, but it was just like, uh, I'm contradicting myself. I need the help that came. Uh, was really <laughs> it was a really yeah. strange yeah. but yeah it, she can't yeah she was lived here look don't live with your mom for four months it's hard <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. 
<laughs> no, that actually, that makes so much sense because we're, if we're like, if we're constantly being like, oh, you know, you have to be independent you have to be able to do all of these things and be this amazing mom, it becomes almost impossible to accept help and to, yeah, it like, you know, it's like we're taught to be these islands and like yeah. pressured to be an island. So then when somebody does come in, how do you uh, give up? Hard to, it's hard to island. like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's hard to like, and you know, it, it's hard to like repair that sort of island that you've created. It's like, it's work to like undo a lot of shit, which is like, you know, probably because my mom worked from 4am to 7pm. And that's another strain on a mother. Like, she right. can, you know, she couldn't be a mom right, because yeah. of and she was capitalism. Doing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was doing it, you know, pretty much alone, right? Because your dad. At, you yeah, know, yeah. Had, she's a single mom. Yeah. yeah, I think there's part of like doing comedy is that you um you have to kind of have a little bit of a critical eye on the world and like the people around you. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like because you oh so we're gonna bring it back to comedy like you've not you've not yeah. only just you're not just like a you know TV writer and sketch and improv but you also did stand up as well. Yeah, I um I did stand up. I dabbled in it. I thought it was I did it to challenge myself. Yeah. Um, it was really scary because I'm not a performer. Um, it was a lot of fun. I like, I think it helped me find my voice um, in a way and like what's funny about me and like, and uh, you know, I just, I tried different things and just being yourself on stage, you discover this little like flash of lightning that like, oh, that really worked. And so you start to like focus on that and like, try to do that more and that more. And truly what I found was that what was funny about me was just like the most honest version of myself, you know, I guess. um, Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I think that's what we love about a lot of comedians we love or comedians that I love. Yeah. I mean, Louis C.K., no, cut that. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, yeah. And so, um, but that was a lot of fun, but it was very short-lived because, it truly was just to challenge myself, find my voice. And like, I would do a good set and then I would walk away and I wouldn't have that feeling of like, I need to be doing this forever for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. So I was like, oh, okay, it's probably not for me. There's like, there's like, you know, um, stage fright and anxiety and it goes well, but I don't, I don't have that, that addicting feeling that I feel like a lot of standups have. Or that they say that you so, need to have, yeah. right? Like I've heard so yeah. often, like you have to have that to succeed in stand-up. Yeah. I yeah. De- I definitely yeah, didn't. <sighs> no. No, thank you. <laughs> I was at this open mic, and this guy was was performing before me, and, and I was sitting right in front of him, and he was looking me right in the eye, and he told me a joke about, like, the punchline was killing his grandmother. And I just, I didn't scowl. I was like, look, man, you're working shit out. I get it. But I didn't laugh. And he visibly, I could tell he was like upset. And I was like, hey, man, that's open mic. That's what it is. And so he sat down. I was the last person to go on this mic. And if you know, mics can go run super long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sat in the back and waited until right before I was supposed to go on. And he dropped on my table in front of me a pic he had drawn a dick on a piece of paper (laughs) dropped it in front of me and walked out and I was like it was so juvenile and so insanely stupid but it did exactly what he wanted it to do is it just threw me the fuck off it was so weird I was so mad and then I got up and I told the joke I was like oh guys I just got a dick pic and you know I showed the (laughs) 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 and that went well but the rest of my set didn't. And I just like, there's so many, oh, so many tortured, toxic, terrible, terrible people in the open mic world. But if you could survive it, it gives you a thick skin. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you yeah. have a thick skin? I think so. I think, I, yeah, I think I do. I think I have a pretty thick skin now. Yeah. And this is such a, uh, this is such a terrible thing to say, but hopefully people will understand I'm being honest about it, but I've always wanted to go back and do open mics now and do comedy now. Cause I feel like there's like no pressure, which is like yeah. job career, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was like, Oh man, if I just like totally did not have that anxiety of in life, 
um maybe I just like be loose and be good at it and like you know I don't know whatever yeah. maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> once you found you had this love for comedy like what did you do next I think I just like ferociously pursued everything I could possibly do in it which was like I I did, you know, I started at in sketch. I did like so much improv. Oh my god, I took like 14 classes at UCB. <laughs> and then which is like thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then I went to the pack before it was the pack. It was the Miles Straw workshop, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And that's I, where we met. I'm so glad I did it. Huh? And that's where we met. That's where we met. Yeah. I I I'm so glad I took I love Miles and I'm so glad I took his class classes um it was just such a good counterpoint to UCB because UCB is so up its own ass and (laughs) 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 and it's just like sometimes the comedy is inaccessible and sometimes the comedy is not comedy and it's just like Mm -hmm. ugh, get over yourself and so to meet this person who's been like doing comedy for a long time and his approach was just like smart simple it was just great. It was just like the perfect, like I combined it with what I learned at UCB to be like, oh, I can like, you know, I don't have to subscribe to the, whatever the religion is that UCB uh, comedy has. There's a, a whole open door, sort of open world of um, what comedy is and how you can do it. So I formed this amazing sketch group called Jasmine and Z. Um, I met Nikki in the Milestraw workshop and then uh jessica i met in a 401 class at ucb and there's another girl in our group um tiffany who was in that class and so we all formed a group and we started writing sketches and shooting them and then we did improv and it's funny because like we worked as an improv group and we worked as a sketch group and it was just a lot of fun um and we were we were really good i thought we were really great yeah for especially like for little babies you know it was like oh we were yeah. like hustling putting it out there you know hell yeah, yeah it, was, it was the first all girl group that i had ever been on so it immediately it felt like like it was a little more relaxed and a little more fun and um personal um yeah i thought the chemistry and the chemistry was just really good and then um and then, of course, at UCB is like the goal is to get on the team. And once you get on the team, everyone's just sort of like scrambling to get jobs. And so I had just sort of like heard and thought about of like who's working, um, who's, you know, uh, how do you submit to shows? Um, I got hired at Funny or Die. And the head writer at the time was Dave Ferguson, who um, was in the Birthday Boys, big UCB guy. And I think someone just recommended me to him. And he's great. Look, there's great people at UCB. There's a lot of fantastic people at UCB. Um, I, I'm super happy I got to work with like some really cool people. Like I think one of my favorite people I got to work with was John Gabris from New York, mm. who is like totally not about all the stuff that makes UCB annoying and bad. He was... He's just a really funny guy. Um, and I learned a lot from him. So yeah, after at Funnier Die, while I was at Funnier Die, I got wrapped in like this totally Hollywood way, um, which is stupid. <laughs> it's not stupid. I guess I'm just being down on myself about it. But I did this show at UCB where I played a character and it was like half stand-up, half character. And there just happened to be reps in the audience. And then after the show, they're like, are you repped? And I was like, no. And then like three days later, I get an email. Um, and they connected me to Three Arts. And I got staffed. And 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 it's totally like, it was, uh, it's a, I'm very lucky. And I'm very fortunate. And it's like kind of a, an amazing, cool thing that happened. But, but I will you know, say, it doesn't happen all the time. I will say, yeah, okay, l- lucky, but also like you legitimately were like, like whatever focus and on the drugs you were doing in college, <laughs> it's like you switched that into like comedy, and you literally were so on fire, like it was, you know, you you really gave it your all, so you absolutely deserved that, you know, when you got it. It was like the timing was just like, yeah, absolutely, you. From an outsider's perspective, it was like, hell yeah, Leanna's ready for this, you know? 
Oh, thank you. That's really great. I tell a lot of people, you know, I started late too. I got my first writing job at 36. Like, so I have all these friends who are like younger and they're like, oh, I'm 30. I was like, girl, I wasn't even doing comedy at 30. So, you know, and I, I think, you know, you know, um, you know, the school of hard knocks that I was in from 22 to 32, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> you know, trying to figure myself out, making the world um, helped, I guess, mature me in a way that made me sort of like, I, I was really focused, um, while I was doing all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was the first thing you got staffed on? Uh, Dear White People. That was the first thing I got staffed on. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was cool. It's hard. I, um, I wrote a pilot about, um, I guess it's kind of about my experience in my life. My dad was in the Black Panther Party and, at Santa Cruz, one thing I did do, I was in BSU there, which something I liked and I was involved in. And so I have a little bit of an activist in me. My dad was an activist and I told the story of this girl in college who's an activist for, you know, for black activism. And, and I wrote it and I hadn't seen the movie Dear White People and my manager submitted and be like, there's a show that's being made called Dear White People. And I was like, oh, I should watch the movie. And I watched the movie. And I was like, oh, this is my pilot. This is exactly <laughs> my pilot. And so, so I met and it was like pretty serendipitous that like the lead character in the show was kind of my experience and what my pilot was about. And so it was just like the timing was just like literally I, I think I submitted a first or second draft like he's like I'm just gonna submit this it's like I didn't even have time to like do notes the show was staffing and I was like oh, the timing was just so right so yeah and that was cool and then from there I bounced around and um I got I love you America the head writer was again Dave Ferguson who's the head writer at funnier die so he brought me onto that and then Jason Sudeikis is a great friend of Sarah Silverman and so you know all of these people are recommending and talking. And so, yeah. So here, and then here I am on Ted Lasso. <laughs> I clearly you like are a good person to work with because people keep recommending you for things. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. thank you. So at some point uh, you started meditating. Uh, that was, so Oh yeah. I remember when you started meditating and it seemed like, it seemed like that was like a, a sort of like a transition in a way for you like mentally where you were able to start focusing more clearly on your like your goals uh did you yeah did you get into that because Eric Andre came into Sam Brown's sketch class and told <laughs> us to meditate because <laughs> I think about that all the time I don't know if it was him but I do know that I I needed something at the time like my anxiety was out of control. I think I started seeing a therapist, but I don't know. Therapy just didn't connect with me at the time. But I I knew that I needed, I just was like a ball of nerves a lot. I just had this insane anxiety disorder. And I, I knew that I had heard that meditation is great and specifically transcendental meditation is great. And so I found this guy in Santa Monica and I took a class and I remember going into meditation being scared because I was like, oh, my God, like meditation is going to turn me into this lifeless person who like doesn't react to anything. And I was like, I love improv. Improv is all reacting. And I even asked the meditation guy, I was like, look, I like I'm kind of this actor, but I'm an improviser. And like, is this going to change the way that I like who I am as a person, like, I need that for my comedy. He was like, no, absolutely not. And I, for some reason, I thought meditation was just gonna like, just like, rattle my brain. But what I found out was that meditation slowed down my brain, which was great. And I like, stopped getting in my way a lot of times. And um, I think that's what it did. And it also, I mean, the best part of it was I had sleep apnea. So I was like taking two naps a day. <laughs> and I think that's what like really helped. I think like I used to be able to like, I couldn't drink coffee, but I was also tired so much. And so meditating twice a day, which is what transcendental meditation is. It just like gave me like two little naps and I was like, boom, I'm good to go. So it gave me a little more energy. And then thoughtfully like the, my thinking process it kind of just slowed me down and I was just yeah you're able to focus you are I feel like I anxiety wouldn't take over as much as it used to um 
I could listen better, which absolutely helped with improvising and collaborating. And, you know, when you're just thinking a mile a minute, you're not really listening and participating. So um, meditation helped with all that. Yeah, I think it, it, in the same way improv did, like help me be a better, more present person in a way. Do you still meditate? I stopped after having a baby because it's like so hard to find 20 minutes, two two 20 minute segments a day. I recently, I did this morning. I was like, I got to get back into this. Um, I'm trying really hard, but I am feeling the effects of it, which is like, I don't know if it's that or it's having a baby, but um, yeah, it's great. I can't recommend it more. How do you like being in a writer's room? I love being in a writer's room if it's like cool people and I and it's like um, if it's a really good writer's room there are like no egos there Um, everyone like respects and loves each other and laughs at each other's jokes there there are some writer's rooms and they're usually staffed with older writers because there is a time in writer's rooms where depending on there's this hierarchy that I learned that I learned the hard way is if um, you, sh- the amount of time and space you, sh- you are allowed to take up is based on your level. So a staff writer should like, there are some rooms and some people who think that a staff writer should be seen, but not heard to not contribute a lot. There are people who have egos and who like fight super hard for jokes that, um, and this is, I've, I'm not talking about any of the rooms I've been in, but I've been in punch-up rooms and I've been in rooms with other writers and pilots and stuff like that. And so I like when it's a small, pretty young, pretty chill group of people. And it's great. It's fun. It's just like being on an improv team with no stage. You're just literally like bouncing off ideas off of each other. Just like so, uh, so many funny, insane, crazy things and jokes that you, you pitch on that just don't make it to a script because they they shouldn't be (laughs) um it's all and it's a lot of fun it's yeah I think it's I I I don't think it's dissimilar from a sketch class that we've had um you know I you know I think of Sam Brown sketch class I loved how like chill and like relaxing and like fun and supportive that class was and I I feel like a good room is like that too but yeah there's some old people who come from time in Hollywood Men used to <laughs> assault women. <laughs> there are power dynamics. I mean, they still do. Men still assault women. But there are like power dynamics and egos. And it was just nasty. And I think sometimes there's a hit of that in some older writers. that I'm just like, oh, God, just go retire somewhere. You have millions of dollars. <laughs> Why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It's great. You like the, the, uh, what was it like, um, uh, like for Ted Lasso, like, are you, did you have to like switch over to zoom or like, how did that work? Were you still able to meet? In oh person? yeah. So our first season we were fully in person, which was fantastic. That's a great room. I think a great room is shows on screen. Like you can tell, you yeah. know, um, that was a great room and we were in person. Um, and then we were in person for, I think, 10 or 14 weeks. And then uh, production went to London. And then I flew out to London to help wrap up the scripts there. And that was different. <laughs> London is like not prepared for U.S. production schedules. They're like, wait, what? You're turning in a script. We're shooting this tomorrow. What's happening? And they were just like, <laughs> they could not, they could not handle it. I felt so bad for those little English people that only shoot six episodes. I, I know, it's I was going to say, they're like, um, we have six episodes a season and they're all written on the I know. before we shoot. Right. And yet they all yeah. still look like shit. <laughs> they look the fuck, I, it's crazy. Except it's for Ted so Lasso sad. looks great, but like so much yeah. like British television, like, why is this lighting so bad? You had so much time <laughs> with this script to get it right. There is just, yeah, they're just, they don't have the machine that we have. And so when the machine comes to them, they're like, ah, there's too many gadgets. Like, it's just like overwhelming <laughs> for them. Um, but yeah, so, and then the second season was on Zoom and I joined that a week after I gave birth. And that was like Jesus. a whole thing. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my I God. was like, it was rough. It was rough because, which was like my boss, Bill Lawrence and Jason and were both like, we want you to be here, but we don't want to push you out because you're pregnant. So they're like, we want 
to be your decision. If you want to be there, we would love to have you there, but please don't feel obligated to come. And they were like, if we see you for five minutes a week, that's five minutes that we would love to see you. If you need to just like close out and leave for the day, breastfeed, do whatever. But then the like, work ethic in me was like I gotta be there <laughs> 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 um, so I pushed myself really hard and breastfeeding is like this baby's waking up every 45 minutes at night mm-hmm. at one point I was like breastfeeding her and I was like hunched over her it was like four o'clock in the morning and my brain was like this is torture this is what Guantanamo Bay feels like <laughs> I was like this is utter it is and that is And I think it would have been that way with or without a job, like full stop. Like it is, oh, it's rough. Uh, And your husband, DJ, he's also a writer as well, a comedy writer. Yeah. Um, Was that, was, was he working at the same time too? So were you, you, were you both? He was, he was in a room. Uh, He uh, took a week off and then he was in a room a week later as well. So yeah, I guess we kind of both jumped in a room a week after giving birth and hence that's why my mom was here for four months which god bless her you know what wow i talked big shit about my mom (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't bad it was just like i love my mom she did so much but it was literally i felt like 17 again and i was just like "Uh why do you have to talk about why are you changing my shower curtain there's nothing wrong with the shower curtain like she went out she bought a new shower curtain because my shower curtain was not up to par i was just like (laughs) driving me crazy (laughs) um go and do it yeah all right. right these are five things we're gonna ask you five questions um, oh. that are sort of a, I guess, not rapid fire. You can elaborate on them, but we've got five questions that are kind of okay. standard. Um, so the first question yeah. is, uh, what's your biggest influence in comedy? I'd have to say like my grandfather oh, and my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both were just really funny guys. My dad was a good storyteller. And my grandfather was just a crazy man. Like he, <laughs> he was... <laughs> Like he was like in his seventies, and he told the story of how he went to a um, laundromat, and he said these two teen girls were just staring at him the whole time, and so he was folding. He's picture seventy five year old man, so he's folding uh, clothes, and these girls wouldn't stop staring at him. So he picks up a pair of my grandmother's underwear, sniffs it like really hard, just like, and then like stares at them dead in their eyes, and they're like. Ah! <laughs> And that is so funny to me. I think that's just hilarious. Um, oh, also, great. I just got my grandfather canceled because that's a little <laughs> But um, yeah, look, guys, I'm not saying cancel culture is bad. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Where's this going? Okay, cut that part. <laughs> it's on my mind. I'm really terrified of being canceled. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think we all are a little bit because we're all human and we make mistakes. Yeah. And like, we really don't want to have to you. like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to have to deal with like, you know, our like all of our hard work and all of our passion and love, like our whole lives have been dedicated to this thing. And it really sucks to be like, wow, I made this mistake. And now all of that goes away, you know, like being imprisoned yeah. without, you know, without prison. But um but yeah I don't know yeah Yeah. I mean I could go on and on about like how this our culture deals like we deal in the currency of shame of like shame has so much power and people wield it and don't wield it and yeah anyway yeah yeah Yeah. I think that's something I really love about um I know I keep talking about it but I really am so like obsessed with Ted Lasso like it's so gross like I don't I've never experienced this with a show before where I'm just so like "Ah, you like speak to my heart and I think so many people do but the like be curious not judgmental like that's just so huge like I'm obsessed with that right now yeah 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 I will say that that all of that that is all Jason Sudeikis and I'm not kissing my boss's ass. Like he truly is this like special thoughtful person. And like, he really believes those things and he really, 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 really wants to imbue it in that. And so, yeah, these aren't just like sayings on a wall. This truly is his sort of like moral compass. 
and his thoughts on the world. It's really a really, it's a very wonderful thing to like be a part of and see him just like chatter on about and stuff like that. Yeah. Sounds cool. Worst and best moments in comedy for you personally? Uh, Oh, I cried when I didn't get the diversity scholarship at UCB. Ah. I was like, but, but I'm, (laughs) I'm diverse. Um, (laughs) It was, yeah. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. I, I literally cried in my car, but that was a moment of like, the stakes were so high. Like I remember back then all those stakes felt so high and like, that's probably, I didn't eat. That's probably why I went to seek out meditation. I was just like, I'm taking this way too seriously. So that is the first thing that popped into my mind, but there might be a worse moment, but I can't think of it. And probably the best moment was like getting that set that I did with my, that the reps were like at the show um, I was really happy and proud of that. And there's a lot of friends that were in the audience who are like, I could le- literally see them off the lip of the stage, like laughing their asses off. And that felt so good. And then only to get them, only to get a rep, uh, be approached by a rep afterwards was like icing on the cake. But yeah, I, the, the character I played was Rosa Parks and she was in hell. <laughs> 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 Oh my God. And so, but she was there visiting and she just wanted to let, it was a Black History Month show. And I basically told on every Black person who was in Hell and Why. And it was just like, it was just a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> a lot of dark comedy. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, yeah. Hype up a friend. Uh, we want you to hype up a friend. Somebody you think is doing really great work that um, that you know maybe we should have on the podcast, or just like you think is amazing and should get a hype. Sure. I guess I I've always um, really admired Joan Ford. I don't know if you've had her on yet. I was on a sketch group with her, and she's always been someone where I was like, oh, I'd love to do something with her. She's just so smart and thoughtful and really really fucking funny. And I think I just like her comedy and there's like a hint of like a dark side to it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think she's, I think she's brilliant. And um, yeah, I, I would love to hype her up and I don't know, do something with her one day. But I also mentioned Nikki, I was going to say you, but you're the host. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> she's a close, she's a close second to oh, you. Oh my so. gosh. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. I did. It is an honor to hear that. <laughs> Uh, to be lumped in, in in general with like Joan is amazing. Like yeah. I love, I think Joan is also amazing. Like and yeah, yeah. Uh, Joan's one of the first people I met in Los Angeles before I even moved out here. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like- I worked with her as an editor um, for Gay of Thrones. That's right. I was oh, yeah. her assistant editor. Yeah. So we, I used to spend like night, like. I'd stay, we'd shoot and I'd stay overnight to capture all the footage and I'd stay up late with her and we would eat dinner and we would talk and chat. And I was always just like, wow, this is such a amazing grounded person. Yeah. I, I really like, yeah. So I'm excited to see what she does. So, yeah. uh, okay. And finally, our final question is what advice do you have for people who are either just starting out or are currently in the business? Um, what's your best comedy advice? Keep doing it and don't get discouraged and just keep honing your crap. Like keep creating, keep creating, making videos, writing, um, joining classes, forming a community um, and just really hone in on like what you want to say and what you're trying to say. And like, you know, I think the things that I've done well or things that like spoke to me or came from me from like the core of who I am I wasn't I had done a lot of things where I was like oh I'm kind of like doing a carbon copy of this or I'm inspired by this but um yeah I think the things that have the best things that I've done have come from from deep within me somehow and so now when I'm always like what's the next thing I'm gonna write what's the next pilot I'm gonna write I always like try to turn as inward as possible um and um yeah it's a I know it's, I know sometimes the stakes seem really big often, but like they truly aren't. I think I had a breakthrough in comedy where I basically was like, well, I could always be a teacher. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. 
I want to be a teacher. And as soon as I gave up this, like, this has to happen, I just relaxed a little. And I think my comedy got better. And, and yeah. So, um, you know, comedy isn't the end all be all. It's not, you know, working in the industry is great. It's a dream. And it's, I'm very happy I'm getting to do it. But yeah, man, that's, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> I know it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so easy for me to say that. It's so fucking easy for me to say that. What a piece of shit. You know what? Yeah, that girl fucking canceled her. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> oh, God. Uh, uncanceled. Oh, so un- uncanceled. You're uncanceled. <laughs> But regardless, like I know it, yeah, of course it feels like kind of disingenuous coming from somebody who like made it, right? And is working professionally as a writer. But at the same time, like that advice is real. And you did hit a point where you were like, I have to give up the, the, the idea that this is all I can do. And I, I, yeah. I think that's helpful. Yeah. 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 There was a specific moment. I, um, I was trying so hard to get asked to do this show at UCB and like mm-hmm. only the best sketch writers were being asked to do it. And I didn't get asked to do it and it was driving me fucking insane. And finally the AD was like, like six months after the show had started, he was like, oh yeah, Leanne, do you want to do the show? And I was like, oh my God, I got the show. And so I was at home, I was writing a sketch and I live with my mom at the time, which was fabulous. I love her. Um, I love being with my mom. Um <laughs> started having this panic attack trying to write a sketch because I was like it has to be this has to be the sketch that this ad has to know I'm good and I started having a panic attack and I was like shaking and my mom came into the room and she's like what are you what's wrong I was like I gotta write this sketch and it's gotta be really good and I've been waiting so long for it to be on the show and she's like it doesn't matter and she's like this doesn't matter and she like and she meant it in a way of like you know my grandfather was sick I've lost I've had to bury my dad and like all she said was it didn't matter but in my brain I was like oh yeah I've had to life there's so many more terrible like Mm -hmm. life is so much bigger than this that I ended up dropping out of the show and it was like it's that thing where you like once you the bottom drops out which is like not the bottom again I'm an asshole for saying that um once you just give up that thing that you think you can't give up and you're okay it changes your perspective on things. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if that. That's really yeah. good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just a dumbass sketch show. But thinking, saying no to the thing you think you can't say. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Saying it, was, it was really empowering. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. Like this was You're so welcome. this was so awesome. Like this was a really fun interview. I appreciate you coming on so much. This was just like kind of a dream come true. I love both your white people and Ted Lasso like so much. I just think that Thank you so much. Love you America. Oh my gosh, man. I like like mm-hmm. you've written on some really fucking dope shit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to follow us on all the social medias. Like us, subscribe us, rate us, and review us. Review us for that raffle. Yeah.